Welcome to Easter 2021, Christ Journey Family! And thank you, worship band. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, worshipers. Just think of it. Today, with people all around the world, we are voicing our praise from our hearts to remember the one Lord Jesus Christ who rose from the dead. And think of this. The best news this world ever heard came from a graveyard where the angel sat on the stone that had been covering that tomb and said this, Fear not. He is not here. He is risen as he said. Could we say that together? Fear not. He is not here. He is risen as he said. And then he said, now quickly, you go tell his disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. We have gathered for that today. Welcome Christ Journey Church. Welcome Christ Journey Kindle. Welcome Christ Journey Gables. Welcome Christ Journey online from all around the world, wherever you're making your connection today. And as every Sunday, we make our prayer for every heart and for every home, and especially on this day. We know that people around the world are still in lockdown. So we voice a prayer for them today. We know that people right now where churches are trying to gather, some are in severe restriction. And so we need to remember them today. And thank God that though we are separated, we are not dislocated in the spirit. That God's spirit, where Jesus promised that he would be with us in every heart, in every home, where he has welcomed this very day, 2.3 billion people around the world are honoring the name of Jesus, who is risen from the dead. That means one out of every three people populating this globe right now. We worship a God who is bigger than the world, a God who is bigger than COVID-19, we worship a God who can bust out of the tomb and can energize us for whatever comes our way. And so we are remembering that today. And I wish that you would just pray for people on your left, people on your right, people that are sitting in front of you, people that are behind you. If you're joining us online, then cover your own home in prayer, your neighbor's home in prayer. Let's remember that prayer can do anything God can do. And nothing is too hard for God. Want to say that one with me? Nothing is too hard for God. Going to say it again. Here we go. One more time and it's all yours. Nothing. Amen. So wherever you are in the world today, would you know that there are people in Miami that are praying God's possibilities in resurrection power to meet you where you are, whatever you're facing, and remember, nothing is too hard for God. We're celebrating the risen Lord Jesus Christ who is coming again someday. And every time we declare our faith in him, we prepare to welcome him again. So God grant us grace to be ready when we see your face. And perhaps this will be the day for somebody. You're joining us online. This is your first time with us ever. And God is going to speak to your heart. There'll be a prompting. You'll sense a pull. And when you do, may I just invite you to lean into it, to say, Lord, if that's you, God, if you're real, 
If Jesus is risen and available to me, would you agree with me now that if God speaks your name today, we sang about it a moment ago, but if you sense God is inching you forward or drawing you out, would you just say, Lord, I'm listening? And don't worry, I know where the edge is, but I, I tend to, I, somebody may be worried I'm getting way too close to the edge up here. Uh, but you know, even if I go over, I know the way back. So we're going to be all right. Um, it feels so good to be with you. So good to feel your energy, to see your faces and your smiles. And we invite God's blessing upon us that the joy of this day might be yours. Speaking of that, I want to tell you one of my uh, favorite stories, true story, happened to Sue Chandler and her little preschooler, Jana. And Jana had been, was in big church one Sunday morning, and they had just witnessed a baptism. It was the first time she'd anything, seen anything like it. I mean, the preacher was up in front, and there were people in the pool with, her, with him. And, uh, and they went down, and then they came up. And, I mean, they were all wet, just dripping, soaking wet. And so that afternoon, Sue was walking down the hall in her home, and the door of the bathroom was cracked just enough that she could look inside, and she saw her daughter, Jana, with her baby dolls all lined up against the bathtub as candidates for baptism. And rather than rush in, she just paused in the hall, and she listened in to what, as, as Jana said what she thought she heard the preacher say that morning. In the name of the Father and of the Son, in the hole you go. Now, chances are, the pastor had said, in the Holy Ghost. But it sounded like, in the hole you go to her. And it looked like it too, you know. I mean, like, uh, yep, in the hole you go. And then came up dripping wet. Now, the reason I love that story is because it's so human. But I want to tell you another thing that's very human. When grown-ups make a similar error, a similar mistake, that, uh, that we think that if we were to come to God, come to the Father through the Son, and yield our bodies to what He has for us, that you know what He's going to do? In the hole you go. He's going to take you down. He's going to strap you in. He's going to ruin your fun. He's going to put you in a straitjacket and slap a bunch of rules on you. And next thing you know, in the hole you go. So I want to say on this Easter Sunday, that's not our God. That's not our Jesus. Our Jesus is up from the grave. He arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. Jesus said, That he came that his joy might be in us and that our joy might be full. That empty grave means that our hearts can be full of joy. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life abundantly. And so we gather today on this Easter Sunday to welcome the joy and the life of Jesus Christ into our lives at this particular moment. And I'm telling you why it matters so much, because you've got to be so careful. It's so easy to go sour in this world. So easy to go sour. You've got to watch out. There's lots to get sour about. And then on the other hand, it looks like some people are just born sour, you know. I mean, they just come out that way. I don't know how that works. But I remember uh, this person trying to be polite to a particular individual. 
said to this lady, oh, what a beautiful day, isn't it? And she said, yes, but it's raining somewhere. It's not hard to go sour. It's like sometimes we just look for what can I get sour about. It's easy to get sour. But here's what we already know. You know this is true. Focusing on the negative is not very productive. You can pull weeds every day of your life and still never enjoy a garden. If you want a garden, you've got to plant some seeds. So what we're doing here today is planting some seeds of joy and receiving the seeds of God's life so that we can experience the rising power of Christ in us. It's, this matters because in our world, it feels like everybody is saying this, in the hole you go, in the hole you go. Oh, yeah, you know how life is, in the hole you go. And there we go again. They're going to put us in a hole. A lot of that going around these days. I'm telling you, God is saying, and we're supposed to remember on this day, up from the grave, he arose. And so we're welcoming the lifting, loving presence of Jesus because his joy can be our joy. That was his promise. What kind of joy? Well, there's the joy of being loved. The joy of being loved. Thank God for that. In fact, you will never look in the eyes of another person that God does not love. God loves you. God loves people so much, in fact, that he became one. There is no one who is not loved by God. So there's the joy of being loved. There's the joy of being together. Does this feel good? <laughs> sure does to me. There's the joy of being alive. There's the joy of being healthy. You can thank God for that. There's the joy of life beyond death. We remember that on Resurrection Sunday in particular. The joy of being heaven bound. The scripture teaches us absent from the body means present with the Lord. More about that in a moment. But the Apostle John on Easter Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday morning, he was racing his fisherman buddy, Simon Peter, to the grave where they had last seen Jesus laid and uh, runs to the empty tomb. And then what the story tells us, what the testimonies tell us over the next 40 days, 40 days, almost a month and a half, they and others would experience the risen Lord Jesus Christ with their own five senses. So John would later write these words in a very short letter that he wrote that we have in the New Testament. It's called 1 John. Listen to this. This is John writing about that experience. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning. That means the pre-existent God who is alive by his own being whom we have heard, seen, we saw him with our own eyes, and we touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. Now, that's an interesting Greek word. It doesn't just mean biological life. It means spiritual quality of life, the wholeness and fullness of life. And then he says this, this one who is life itself was revealed to us, and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life, the quality of spiritual depth and life. And so we proclaim to you what we ourselves have actually seen and heard. It's like he's hardly believing it as he's writing it, you know? It's like, I'm, but it really happened. I mean, I was there. I held him. I saw him. I heard him. And why does he want us to know? Next verse. So that you may have 
fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we're writing these things so that you may fully share in our joy. Here's why we're gathering today. So that we can fully share in Jesus' joy. Maybe this will be the day that you take your first step toward Jesus' joy. Maybe it'll be the day that the Holy Spirit reminds you, yeah, this is your family. It's time to come home. We're drawing near to God, and God promises to draw near to us. Joy is not the same as happiness. Happiness is temporary and surface. We enjoy happiness, but it's not the same thing as joy. Joy is deeper. And joy is stronger. It lasts longer than happiness. And so what John says is, I'm writing you so that joy can be welcomed in you and you can become part of the fellowship of God's lifelong joy. And so I want to share with you quickly four ways that you can join the joy today. And they're right here in the text. First is the joy of beholding. Would you say that with me? The joy of beholding. What are we beholding? Well, he says what we've heard, what we've seen, what we've touched with our own eyes, with our own hands. In other words, they didn't sit around in some library room making this religion up. They didn't do comparative notes and then come up with something. He said, I, I, I was an, an eyewitness. It actually happened. We've seen it. We heard it. We felt it. And he says that three times in four verses. In other words, don't miss this. This really happened to me. The pre-existent God incarnate in Jesus Christ and all five of my senses were active in his presence. Revealed, verse 1, that which was from the beginning, that which we've heard, which we've seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, that means we gazed on this. We studied this carefully. This had our full attention. And then he says, that which our hands have touched. That's what we're proclaiming to you about the word of life. And now we're invited in to the joy of beholding. Beholding Jesus Christ as God in the flesh. Now, how do we do that today? You know, <laughs> he's not here in the flesh. How do we do that? How do we enter the joy of beholding? I would suggest to you that we do it through remembering the miracle presence of Jesus. The gospel stories that we have. The, uh, the stories, the heart-stretching times of togetherness that we read about in the Gospels, where Jesus was enjoying children, and parents were bringing them, and he was blessing them, and they, I can imagine them laughing together as they experienced the joy of his touch. And then, how about the day that he came to the rescue of a woman that was about to be stoned? Remember that story? Or how about when he healed bodies and they walked away on legs that had been crippled to that point. Or how about when a leper was cleansed? Actually, 10 were cleansed in one moment. We remember those stories. Or how about the day that Jesus shows up and saves the day for an embarrassed host who was running out of refreshments at a wedding? Can't you? That, that's our Jesus. Can't you see his sun-bronzed face smiling as the disciples, who are fishermen, and now they've got those fishermen tough hands, and those arms are at full flex, pulling that net in that's so full of fish that it's threatening to sink the boat? 
May we remember the miracle presence of Jesus. Those are some astounded and very happy fishermen that day. We don't see him in the flesh today. But we have felt his presence this year. Let's remember that. He's shown favor. He's brought blessing. Thank him for every one of those moments in your life. Even during this very tough season, God has not left us without the joy of beholding. There is some joy of beholding if we will open our ears, open our eyes, and then bring our faith to God to thank him. Which brings me to the next joy, the joy of believing. Let's say that out loud together. Here we go. The joy of believing. It follows the joy of beholding, the joy of believing. Believing what? Verse 2. The life appeared. We have seen it. We testify to it. And now we proclaim it to you. This is a statement of faith he's making now. The eternal life which was with the Father has appeared to us. He's talking about the incarnation. Infinite God clothing himself in human flesh to bring us salvation. Jesus Christ took on a body. Why? Two reasons. To reveal God to you and to me in a way that we could see, hear, know, share, touch, feel. That's what he says. And then also a body who could die. God took on a body in Jesus Christ so he could die in our place. This is our statement of faith. That God wanted to pay sin's penalty in full, so he took on a human body so that he could die and do it in his own blood. And then welcome us into reconciliation through redemption. Those are two Theological words, reconciliation means he wants to put, God wants to put the pieces of our broken lives back together, and redemption means he's willing to pay the whole cost of getting it done. And Jesus took on a body so that he could do that. God covers all costs in order to put the pieces of our relationship back together with him. Human pride and human selfishness, you know this is true, leaves us in pieces. Breaks our hearts, breaks our homes, breaks our marriages, breaks our families. Sometimes leads your business to go broke as well. But God in Christ brings life and healing to restore what the evil one sought to destroy. And now he, when we respond in belief, he brings us to a third joy. Here it is, the joy of belonging. Say that with me. Yes, the joy of belonging. What we're celebrating today is the Christ Journey family. Belonging to what? Fellowship. We have fellowship with the Father, with the Son, and with each other, he says. Verse 3. We proclaim to you what we have seen, what we have heard. Why? So that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. Jesus Christ restores fellowship. Now, fellowship is a word that means partnership, literally. Partnership. It's more than a social friendship, though it is that. It's more than a spiritual communion, though it is that. What fellowship, partnership means is that God is on your side. That God is in the yoke with you. 
to bring his victory to you and his power to be revealed through you. This is part of the joy of Jesus. The root word for this fellowship is the word participation. Participation. It means that we share in it with one another. We're in it together. It's a common life. We do God's life together. Would you say together? Together. This is part of the gift of being in Christ's church. Come what may. And that means even during times like this, even and sometimes life is hard, sometimes life is messy, sometimes life hurts. But God's idea is that we have fellowship with Him, with one another, and we do life together. The neighbor of a four-year-old child was an elderly man who had just recently lost his wife. And when the little boy saw him one day, he was weeping, the, the older man was. And he climbed up on his lap and he just sat there. After he went back to his mother, his mother said, what did you say to him? He said, nothing. I just helped him cry. That's our church. We help each other cry. We're doing it today. Some of us have loved ones in my family right now. An extended family member is right at the door of crossing over. Some of us have loved ones who are already on the other side. And we miss them. Our hearts are tender around them. Our eyes are not strangers to tears because of them today. And we are here to help one another cry. But it is not a sadness without joy. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. I'll say that one with me. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. We're going to do it again. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. One more time. It's all yours. Amen. Just like that. Jesus who rose from the dead said this. We're going to be together someday never to be apart. He promised his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you to myself, so where I am, there you may be also. And now we're talking about the fourth joy. The joy of becoming. The joy of becoming. The joy of, of uh, beholding. The joy of believing. The joy of belonging, all toward the joy of becoming. What is that? Say it with me. The joy of becoming God's inheritance for every child. We're not there yet, but we're on our way. And our joy isn't complete yet. Verse 4, we write this to make our joy complete. The New Living Translation says this. We're writing these things so that you may fully share in our joy. In other words, our joy isn't complete without you. Heaven won't be heaven if you're not there. That God took on a body so that he could cover all costs, so that whosoever will may live with him forever, so that you may fully share in his joy. It turns out it's not moral perfection that makes heaven heaven. It's fellowship. Fellowship with the Father. 
Fellowship with the Son. Fellowship with one another. Which, oh, by the way, uh, we're not perfect, so that means it's a fellowship of the flawed, which means it's a fellowship of grace. Thank God for the joy of forgiveness, the joy of God's patience and kindness. Sometimes we feel like we're on the slow grow plan, and uh, we're just not quite there yet. It takes us a while, doesn't it? And other people look on, they look at our lives, and, and they get disappointed because their expectations got failed. And so they feel like all Christians are such hypocrites. Maybe, there's, maybe you feel that way today. If you're a guest with us and you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I want to go hang out with that many hypocrites in one place. I've felt like that sometimes. But God bless you for coming. But you know, there is a difference. There's a difference between a Christian who fails to meet expectation, who fails to meet your expectation in particular, and a hypocrite who on purpose wears a mask and then lives a double life. There's a difference. There's a difference between somebody who walks intentionally so that their walk doesn't match their talk, and there's a difference between somebody who is a work in progress. A willful, living in judgmental pretense hypocrite is not the same as a believer who's a work in progress trying to grow in grace. You know how you can tell if somebody's a work in progress? Their flaws and their limitations are on display. They show. They're not perfect. Why? I'll give you three reasons real quick. The first one is truthfulness. As we grow to be like Christ, he invites us into honesty. So this is the real deal. We're not going to fake people out on purpose. These are authentic people on display, not hiding. Sometimes we mess up. Sometimes we blow it. And there's a second reason for that. First, we're just trying to tell the truth. The second is, it's hope. It's like you look at somebody like that and go, well, man, if God could love them with their stuff, then maybe he could love me with mine. Maybe if being a Christian isn't about living a life free from all slip-ups and inconsistency, then maybe I could take a step that direction. Authentic Christians are imperfect human beings. And then here's the third reason, joy. Joy in growth, joy in growing in God's image. We're not there, but we're on our way. I'd like to characterize that this way. Imagine that... Um, that there's a local elementary school band that's inviting you to come to a concert where they're going to perform Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, that great ode to joy. But you've never heard it, but you've heard of it, and you know it's famous. So you say, oh, yeah, I'll buy a ticket. And then when you go to the concert by these elementary students, can I ask you, would it be fair or even reasonable to assess the worth and brilliance of Beethoven's masterpiece by the performance that you experienced in that day? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you even have somebody in your life who knows the work and would tell you, now, hey, don't be quick to judge, to make up your mind about Beethoven based on these school kids. I mean, they've got lots of passion, but maybe a little lack of skill. I want to say there's a lot of believers trying to live for Jesus, myself included, who uh, can relate to those school kids. You know, we've got a long way to go. 
But I also want to say, because somebody's thinking, well, that's just an excuse. No, it's not an excuse. It's a fact. We all mess up. What are we supposed to do with our mess-ups? Hide it? Fake it? No, we're supposed to bring it and let the joy of becoming take us to the next level. So I would say to you, if you're a seeker here today or you're checking us out and you've been stung by hypocrisy in the past, could I just invite you, um, would you consider, don't judge the composer by, or the music that he is writing based on the performance of a few impassioned but perhaps lack of skill kids. If anything, could I invite you to let our failures be honest testimonies to you that God loves everybody and that God can forgive anybody and that God could meet you right where you are with whatever your, your challenges today and you would see in somebody else the inspiring opportunity to say, well, if he can do it for them, then I think I'll let him do it for me. Would you let his joy find you? Nobody's beyond God's reach. Nobody's beyond God's care. And if you seek him, Jesus said, he will find you. He will find you and he can do it today. Why? Because he wants to bring us together. He wants to bring you together. Easter is a holiday with your name on it. God took on a body for you. God loves you. This story is about you. Easter is for you. Would you receive your Easter gift? As we pray together now, would you bow with me? Jesus promised this. The risen Christ said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in. And we will fellowship together. As you sense his call. As you feel the desire in your heart to say, I would like some joy like that. What can I do? Well, it's as simple as this. Behold Jesus. Believe Jesus. Belong to Jesus. And he will empower you to become the joy that he was risen from the dead to bring you. Brothers, sisters, is this your day to take a step closer back home to Jesus? Would you do it now? Lord, I thank you that you love me so much you would take on a body, take on my sin, take on the grave, and then overcome all of them. I'm drawing close to you right now, Lord. Forgive me, restore me, and lead me. Now, if this is the first time that you have taken a step of faith toward Christ, then I want to offer this prayer. Would you join me in it? Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God. Come in love for me. And that on the cross, you were taking my place, paying the price of sin. So forgive my sin and come into my life as I turn from going my way and now learn to go your way, I receive you by faith as I make my prayer in your name. And our heads are bowed still, but if you prayed that prayer with me and would like to just say out loud to God, 
I'm yours. I invite you to stand right where, right where you're seated right now. You can just stand up, and I'm going to ask a special prayer of blessing upon every person who just asked Christ to come alive inside their heart today. Lord Jesus, for people that are rising now, for those who prayed to trust you, we're inviting your blessing upon them. May they feel your presence. May they know your joy. And may this be the day they, they remember that you came alive in them and will never leave them, never forsake them. We make our prayer in your name. If you join me in the prayer, say amen.